0: All right, well, hey, um, we're excited for this week. Now, what we do in our small groups is we go deeper on the message, and so um, as we speak, the questions are being finalized and formulated by some of our geniuses. and. And uh, um, it it actually helps, because then folks, instead of just hearing the word and kind of letting it float away during the week, we we go a little deeper with it and try to have some application and some study, because we don't get to everything in the sermon that we would like to. I know, I talk long enough that you think, there's got to be nothing else to say. But y'all come up with some good stuff, so. Um, All right, let's pray, and then let's roll. Father, thank you that you are here, that you are good. Uh, Thank you for these communities, for the small groups, for the... the the stuff that's being built amongst um, the Hope family, and may we have a a posture that's open to welcome all new folks in to what you're up to in in our life, in our community, as we walk alongside them in what they're doing in their own lives. Uh, We're grateful that we get to do that um, with one another as we focus in on you. I bless this morning and this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, hey, so just to kind of open up here, does anybody here watch some of those reality shows where there's like real estate, where they take a property and, you know, remodel it or fix it up and sell it again? Got a few? Got a few? You guys, what's your favorite one? Just shout them out. Flip. What something? What? Hoarder's Flip. Hoarder's Flip. Oh, I've never heard of this one. Okay. Who else? That one's good. Okay, now we, everybody's writing down for their Netflix queue here. Fixer Upper. Fixer upper. What was that? Hometown. Hometown. All these new ones. Are you writing these down, honey? Okay, this is good, right? How about the Chipping Joanna Gaines one? What is, I mean, I know they're not on, but right? Fixer Upper. Who does Flip or Flop? Right? That's a good one. Yeah. Um, anybody, so anybody want to guess what the number one is, at least that I Googled this, this morning? Close. That's in the top five. There's two guys that are related in it. (laughs) Property brothers, there you go, nicely done, nicely done. Now, my wife Heidi is a real estate agent, so I don't know if that has anything to do with why shows like that just kind of appear on our suggested shows or our Netflix or YouTube feed, but it always happens. They're always kind of queued up right there. And if you watch one of these shows, you know that it's really standard for people to kind of focus on the interior of the house or the exterior features of the home as these Primary selling points. Um, I I hear Heidi when she's talking to real estate clients, she's telling folks a lot of times that, you know, currently at least, um, an updated or remodeled kitchen can really up the desirability factor greatly. You know, people ask questions like Are the appliances recent? Does the kitchen have granite countertops? Is the flooring new? Uh, Sometimes people ask if the house has good curb appeal, um, or is it located in a good school district? what are some other, just give me a couple more, like, desirability factors. If that's there, it's going to help sell the house. Wow. Yes. Here, what do you say? Backyard. Good backyard. A swimming pool, right? Give me one more. What? 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 Birch trees, this young man says. All right. Could be, maybe so. I have not seen that. Write that down as a checkbox. Okay, she's got it, so. So these are just some of these things, right, that kind of add to a home's value. And I remember reading this book where the authors asked ask something like, well, how come a house's value doesn't go up because there are great neighbors living next door, right? Can you imagine that? You know, factoring in good neighbors as a way to increase your home value and really up the selling price. Like, I mean, I, I would like to think that if that was possible, that our neighbors would say, wow, Heidi and Doug are such great neighbors that that it just adds $20,000 to the price that we're, of the home we're selling next door to them, and, and that the home appraiser would come, they would meet us, and of course they would agree. So I actually asked that question to a great <clears throat> real estate agent, this lady over here, right, yesterday, hey, couldn't somebody say, my, my house is worth 20000 more because we have amazing Neighbors and this unnamed great real estate agent um, actually laughed at my brilliant idea. So funny! I don't know how that works, but but um, while my brilliance has not yet caught on, I'm 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 still hoping for it. uh, I think it is true when you stop to think about it that your neighbors have a huge impact on the quality of life of the home that you live in, whether it's an apartment or a single-family home or even maybe even farther out. Um, And as the authors in the excellent book, The Art of Neighboring, say, in the grand scheme of things, relationships are much more important than bricks and mortar, and our neighborhoods are much more than collections of houses, which brings us to this series that we're Launching out on today, where we're going to, in the next month or so, unpack the parable of the Good Samaritan. Uh, It's out of Luke chapter 10. Jesus is asked a question that we'll get to in a minute. We'll come back to the question, and his answer was to tell the story of the Good Samaritan, which, because of time, I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but but, um, he talks about, if you're familiar with this story, uh, a man being beaten and robbed, and a priest walks by doesn't help, a Levite walks by doesn't help, but a Samaritan, who was despised by the Jewish people, actually came and helped him out in some really significant ways, um, and we'll get deeper into that story in the coming weeks, but The last verse, verse 36, Jesus says, which of these three, the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan, was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? That was the end of the story. And again, we'll get into that in future weeks. But that's the story, the good Samaritan. And you know, oftentimes I think we see that story as a really good, you know, Sunday school story. Like my f- first memories of the Good Samaritan story would have been in Minnesota at the St. Peter Assembly of God Children's Church. Um, pretty sure we had flannel graph. Any, anybody else have the flannel? Yeah, so some of us had that. I wish I could have found one to just put up here, but I remember those. Um, and, and a lot of times we think of, you know, Sunday school and kids and parables get taught to children And I think that sometimes we as adults start to think of parables as, you know, kids' stories. But that's where we need to pause, where we kind of have to stop and, and just remember that all of the stories that Jesus taught, even though they're applicable to kids, Jesus taught all of the stories, all these parables to adults. He taught them to adults. And as a rabbi, a teacher in Jesus' day, the reason these Parables and stories were taught were to cause significant life changes in the people that were listening to the story being told, and so I believe over this next month that through this story in particular, that God wants to bring growth and transformation to us as followers of Jesus through this parable, and we're going to unpack this uh, parable in a series of messages. We're calling "Love Your." it's fill in the blank not blanking neighbor right just love your I know that's for Dalton um you know you're welcome your your enemy neighbor your global neighbor your oddball neighbor love your love your neighbor who cheers for evil football teams like the Packers neighbor that kind of right trying to stretch it here um but when we first had the idea of this series that we're going to be going through, and naturally what I did after reading that story is what many of us do. We go, oh wow, Jesus just expands who our neighbor is way out there, um, especially the story of the Good Samaritan. We, we think, wow, okay, our neighbor can't just be the person right around me or the person who's just like me. It expands way out there, and we're going to get to that because Jesus does mean what he says but when I started reflecting on the context of this story, I thought, you know, I want to start the series today on the importance of what it looks like to love your actual neighbor. To love our actual neighbor. Not just the ones way out there, but 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 your next door neighbor, the one right next to you. Which for some of us, anyone, there's gonna be a bigger stretch. <laughs> Depends on, yeah, I see those hands. Yes. Um so, so that's where we're going to go on this. And what's wild is I did all this research and study and background and biblical stuff just to really bring. um, But that's going to come out in future weeks because it was actually um, this morning that that I wanted to set most all that aside and just focus in on one very practical thing, loving our actual neighbor. So now with that in mind, let's Look at Luke 10. Let's skip up before the parable to verse 25. This is the episode that leads to Jesus telling this powerful story um, that we often call the Good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law, so a lawyer, stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what is written in the law, how do you read it? A man answered, Let's read this all together, verse 27. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So right here he's saying, this is where we get the love God, love others, this is the great commandment. It's repeated in some other places as well but then I'll start here in verse 28. Jesus says, you answered correctly, do this and you will live. But, verse 29, he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who, who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus tells the story. A certain man's going down to Jerusalem, attacked by robbers, and we get into the rest of the story. And Jesus tells that story, and instead of us trying to cram it all in there, I just gotta tell you what really stuck with me yesterday and again today and caused me to kind of shift in this was that verse 29, but he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, "Uh, and who's my neighbor? Uh, And in a couple weeks we'll get into what's going on in the mind maybe of this uh, teacher of the law, that whole piece, but what I could not get away from is this phrase, but he wanted to justify himself. And I have to confess to you um, that as I stopped looking at him, the bad guy who didn't get it, and started thinking about my neighbors and my neighborhood, I realized that I was kind of trying to justify myself. Like, well, you know, yeah, I don't really know most of my neighbors. I know a couple, a few. But you know, COVID's made it weird. I mean, I do smile and wave to everyone, so there's that. Um, But justifying Myself, And in fact, what I realized as I thought more about this is that one of the drawbacks of of seeing that Jesus rightfully expanded our definition of neighbor is that it gets really easy for us to justify disregarding our literal, actual neighbors because, you know, well, everyone is our neighbor. And when we go there, sometimes um, when everything is something that we're supposed to love, we end up loving kind of nothing, pretty much. And any time that we try to wrap our arms around everything, we realize, oh, we can't really do it. And so when I'm just like, ah, you know, I'm just going to love everyone I come in contact with, with which is good, but I can quickly miss the literal meaning of neighbor. And the meaning of neighbor is the one Next to us, right? It's what Jesus is saying in this word, the one next to us. So I realized, like, I justify myself. And since my goal is to love all, I actually, when I get honest, find myself paying very little attention many times to loving my actual neighbor. Uh, uh, To be honest, like, (laughs) I don't know all of my actual neighbor's Names. I I don't. I had to admit that as well. Um, Remind me of this this, uh, story where there's a group of pastors in the Denver area. And they wanted to make a difference in their city. It's in the suburb of Denver. And they asked, how can we step out and make a difference? And the mayor gives him kind of the whole spiel. At the end, he folds up a piece of paper. He kind of sticks it in his pocket. And he looks at these pastors and says, hey, listen, guys. The majority of the issues that our community is facing would be eliminated, sorry, eliminated or drastically reduced if we could just figure out a way to become a community of great neighbors. And the pastors were stunned, like, whoa, all the programs, all the just be great neighbors. Like, we all want to see our neighborhoods and our cities get better and change. We, we even sometimes get, like, some energy and motivated to want to pitch in and make a difference in our cities, and that is great and wonderful. And, and the programs that are out there, lots of them are really, really good, but what this mayor was saying was that something that's more effective than just a program is when just organic, ongoing relationships between neighbors happen. That's that's even better. Uh, Government leaders noted people who have close bonds with their neighbors actually live longer. They noticed that where people know the names of their neighbors, crime is 60% lower. They said when natural disasters strike, your neighbors are the first Responders. And then sadly, they also said there is no visible difference between Christian and non Christian neighbors. See, the problem is um, if you're like me, most of us don't even know our neighbors. Names, let alone know how to you know love them in practical ways, which is just the stark reality of where it's at. Like I'm included in that. Um, if I ask all of you, you know, hey, who can name? Who of you can name every neighbor that's around your house, first and last names? Not like you know, oh yeah, cat lady and doesn't pull his weeds guy and you know leaves <laughs> poop everywhere, dude, right? Um, I know you guys have those names. We all have them, right? Um, my guess is that our nickname is probably like, oh, guy with the big garage has way too much junk in it or um, guy who's married to the woman who's obviously way too awesome for him, dude, right? That's probably how I'm known by my neighbors. But um, how many of you can, can really name all of your neighbors' names? Can you? Some, some of you, I'm sure. Yeah, a few of you. A few of you. Now, the rest of us, like, I'm with you because I can't. I'm right there with you. And part of it is like I get home after a busy day and you know I'm a a pastor so some days I'm around lots of people so I'm tired when I get home. I mean, right, aren't we all tired after a long day of work, anybody, right? We're just kinda tired and if you have kids, then they're probably going all over the place for their stuff. There's music recitals and dance lessons or sports and games and practices. I remember when Noah was little I would coach that just added more time on the schedule. And then I was a single parent for most of his junior high and senior high years. So I get it. I get it, right? There's so much going on. we have good reasons to be tired because it's just hard. But yet, instead of justifying myself, yet Jesus, when he was asked to sum up all of it, he says that our life's purpose... um, The single greatest command is to love God and to love our neighbors, and that's the reason that we've been put on this earth and even in the neighborhood where we've been placed, which again was for me just asking myself, wrestling the last few days especially, and not in shame and not trying to feel guilty, but just in honesty, okay, how can I actually love my neighbors when I don't even know their names to start with? And, and part of this and why this is really common is that we Americans live very isolated, isolated lives. There's the sociological phenomenon which symbolizes our isolation. Um, it's the disappearance of the front porch, right, which coincided with the appearance of the two or three car garage. That's what you drive up and that's what you see in our house. I don't know about you, but that's like, oh, there it is. There's the, there's the garage. It's the thing you see instead of the porch, And what that did was it took away this social space and it gave us a garage to just drive into when we get home, which is great, especially in Arizona when it's hot. But the downside is it keeps us oftentimes from interacting with our neighbors. It's it's an obstacle. I mean, I don't think, you know, it's not like we purchased a house with a garage thinking, thank God I don't have to see my neighbors anymore, right? Um, But it's just what happens. It's kind of a natural byproduct for most of us that have a house, that that's the the setup and um, the reality is we become more and more isolated and what isolation does is it makes us more fearful, especially when it comes to reaching out to get to know our neighbors, doesn't it? Um, If you've lived in your neighborhood maybe even just a few years, it could, especially over this COVID season. But you could use this as an excuse. COVID was here. Now I can do this. But 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 if you've been there a few years, it could feel weird to just suddenly like go up to your next door neighbor and say, "Hi there. By the way, my name is Doug." Right? Especially if your name's not Doug. But, um, <laughs> after all that time, it seems a little weird. Start thinking, "Oh man, it's just kind of too late." Like that's how I know I have felt. Like man, it would be really weird if I just walk across the street and hey, I just you know. Um, want to get to know you, <laughs> be a little awkward. Um, they'd probably be like, okay, what changed, you know? Um, what are you selling? You have to make sure you tell them you're not with Amway, but it's, you're there. Here's the deal, like, I know I need to do that. I need to, um, because when we don't break through that wall, or however long you've lived there and you've never had really a conversation, when we don't break through that, we remain isolated and fearful, and when we don't know our actual neighbors, we can end up misunderstanding the things that we see around us, and then we'll start applying solutions that don't actually work, right? So maybe you, maybe you haven't met all your neighbors, but this loud music is pumping. Um, Are you going to go over and have your first interaction be, hey, dude, turn your dang music down, right? No, no, it's usually it's more like, well, I guess I better call the police, right? Right? which is misapplying solutions that don't actually help us build relationships, don't build a stronger neighborhood. We, we might even start to assume things because we don't know our neighbors, so we assume the uncut grass or the out-of-control weeds are essentially them, like, flipping the middle finger to the rest of the neighborhood when that's probably, that's probably not what's going on. I mean, maybe... Their house looks that way because they've hit a rough patch in life. Maybe they had to pick up an extra job or maybe they had a health thing going on and they've got absolutely no margin. They're way behind. And wouldn't knowing that like, affect how we interpret the things we see when we see something that seems off with our neighbors and we start making assumptions. But that's what happens when we don't know one another. There's this disconnect between us and our neighbors and it just makes the problem worse and yet again I keep coming back to that verse and the meaning of the verse of loving God and loving our neighbors the God says the purpose Jesus says the purpose for our lives is to love God with our whole heart and to love our neighbors as ourselves and that's what Jesus shows us in this passage like Like, Doug, love your actual neighbor. And a good start would be to know their names. So, here's what we're gonna do. A practical challenge. We can call this our neighboring or our neighborhood challenge. So Heidi and who else are gonna, yeah, are you on it? Who's helping Heidi? There you go. Kim and Casey and Heidi are gonna hand out block maps to you. This is not a unique thing to us. But Brittany, she, I think, did a better job making this beautiful, lovely block map, and on the screen is a picture of what you're being handed, a picture of what the block map looks like. Your house would be the house, you know, in the middle, that lovely heart in your home. Um, And then your eight closest neighbors, see the kind of grid there? The eight closest neighbors go around the grid. If you have a pen and you know some of the names, you can even start filling it out right now. And by the way, don't get legalistic about this. Like, Oh, listen, I don't have immediate neighbors on all sides, so I'm doing great, right? Just figure out the eight closest. You know, whatever the layout of your neighborhood. I mean, I know you guys. I do the same thing. I do the same thing. I'm like, hey, sweet man, there's not three houses across the street from me facing me, so I only have to remember five, but, you know, don't do that. Don't do that. Five plus three, yeah. Get the eight closest neighbors. And what we're going to ask you to do... The ones, the names you know, start writing them down, and ask God to create opportunities for you to connect with them. And what I'd like to do is have our goal. Here's our goal. Our goal would be by the end, by the end of September, um, we write down. We'd all be able to write down the eight, na- the names of the eight neighbors that are living closest to you. Do you guys think we can pull that off in a month? Is that realistic? Basic goal for you. If you think we can, by the end of September. Any objections? You need an extension, you'll have to ask Heidi. Um, she's like, what, yeah, no. Yeah, of course, yeah. So, end of September is kind of the goal. We'll, we'll just check in, don't worry, you don't have to skip that week. If you aren't there, we're not gonna have any shaming parties. Um, but that's just kind of like a goal for us together, like, hey, let's just get to know our neighbors. And some of you I know are overachievers, so, I'm gonna ask you to join me in, in this bonus kind of next step challenge. So it's three things, you know, we'll put it up on the screen. Here's three things if you wanna to go to that next step. Uh, first thing is what we already said, the names of the eight neighbors closest to you. Then number two, write down something that you've learned about them through conversation. Through conversation, right? Not like, you know, oh hey, they drive whatever car they're driving, that's cheating, don't cheat. Something that you can only learn by having an actual conversation and talking to them. That's number two. And then number three, write down something deep and meaningful to them. Like something you know that's going on in their life and use that to like pray for them. And just kind of see how far you get in this over the next, you know, month or so. And and I'm going to kind of put this out there because... I'm going to tell you guys this, and then you're going to be asking me about it, which is part of why I'm telling you about this. So here's, here's kind of my, uh, my personal goal on this. I want to do all the above. I want to do all three of the steps here and learn all that, but I have kind of a stretch goal. Um, back in 2019, we moved into our house just a couple miles from here, and um, I was like, man, this is great. What I want to do for the neighborhood is like host Monday night or Thursday night football games, and we just, you know, we moved in and got busy, but my stretch goal is to, to schedule not every Monday or every Thursday, because it's hot, so once it cools down, schedule some, and then just kind of invite the whole neighborhood, like, come on over for that. For some of them, you know, do you guys think Margarita Mondays or Thirsty Thursdays might up the attendance a little? I, I don't know what we would do, huh? Overachiever, Overachiever. there you go. <laughs> But that's my stretch goal, and some of you, your stretch goal might be like, you know what I wanna do, I just wanna make you know, cookies or baked goods for somebody, or, or you know what, I'm gonna have someone over, one of my neighbors, just have them over for dinner. Um, these are just great. Now, I know not everybody's gonna do any of those ideas, or maybe even number three or number two, but, but I think all of us can do number one. To learn the names of your eight closest neighbors, that's a great start. Um, and just approach them, right? Just walk up to them and be like, hey, you know, I know this is crazy. I've been here like three years and we haven't really met, uh, but my name uh, is your name, right? So not Doug, but yeah, don't write the script out. But um, yeah, just introduce yourself. It's it's that easy. And then just write their name down because that's what starts a relationship. It starts a relationship. So I, I think this is just an easy way for this to, be very practical for us to learn to love our neighbors, so just start working on your block map, uh, because it can become the start of actually loving our neighbors. See, you guys, um, that love God uh, and allowing our love for God to flow into a love for our neighbors has a very practical step, Right? Just start by knowing people's names. And if you already know their names, start with that next piece of conversation so you can actually have relationship with folks. And this is not like, okay, you gotta crank this out and do better and try harder. Um, no, this is who you are already in Christ. This is who Christ declared you to be. The truth of who you are in Christ is is a light to your world, but specifically to your neighborhood, and so you're just acting out uh, what God says is already true about you. See, we, we do desire, most of us would love to have some sort of impact um, uh, or see our neighbor's dreams and potential start to come to life, um, but the mark that we long to leave on our world and our neighborhood happens through the simplicity of neighborly love, Instead of getting real big out there like, hey, we're just gonna change the world and take it all for Jesus, it's like, okay, listen, calm down, great. (laughs) Start with your neighbor. Doug, start with your neighbor. Take those baby steps by even just starting by getting to know people's names. Because if we wanna change the world, the way to start seeing our world change way out there is by loving the person right next to you, your neighbor. It really starts that simply. See, Jesus knew it, and we know it. So let's do it as followers of Jesus. Let's ask for the grace of God to empower us to do what he's already invited us to do in loving our actual neighbors. Would you stand with me for closing prayer? Jesus, thank you for your teaching. Thank you for your word, things that really are so practical. <laughs> um, thank you for the crazy way that you wired life to work by keeping our focus on loving you, God, and loving our neighbors. And sometimes it does seem crazy that that would do anything, but I think it's crazy enough to actually work. And, and while learning to love our actual neighbor seems like something so small, I just start to wonder, um, Jesus, what if all your followers in Chandler and Mesa and Gilbert and Awatuki and Tempe and Phoenix and Apache Junction, what, what if we all just started by loving our actual neighbor and in getting to know their name or inviting them to dinner or to watch a game and whatever it is just to get to know them Lord, even just starting with a person a month, would you help each one of us? Would you create opportunities for that? And Jesus, we need your help and your empowerment to do this. And so I pray, I pray first for me, like that I would get better at this. um, Because I do love you, Jesus. And I want to learn to love my actual neighbors as well. And I know that's so true of many of my brothers and sisters here today. So Jesus, thank you that we get to reflect your love in this simple way. And thank you for being with us in it. It's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, Hope family, be sure if you haven't yet, sign up for a small group. They launched this week. And let me bless you as we dismiss. People of hope, you are deeply loved by God. And this week, may you be filled with that love. May you love God from the depths of your toes. And may you... Allow that love to overflow and continue to flow to all of those that God has put you next to, but especially those who are physically, literally your neighbors. Go now and be blessed in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are dismissed. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.